Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Leaning into Leadership podcast. I'm so happy that you took the time to listen in. This week on the podcast, my guest is Dan Wolf. Dan is the author of a hot new book, folks, Becoming the Change, Five Essential Elements to Being Your Best Self. This is not your everyday social emotional learning book. This is a book that's about you. It's a book about me. It's how each one of us takes control of those five essential elements and works to be the best individual we can be. It is an absolutely brilliant read, folks. I highly recommend you check that thing out. It is flying off the virtual shelves at Amazon right now. I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, Dan and I really enjoyed our time together. Before we get to that, just a, a real quick reminder that this is the time, school leaders, to be thinking about how you're going to welcome your staff back in the fall. What are you going to do to bring that positive message to encourage, to let them know that they're seen, that they're heard, and they're loved. Well, that's where I come in. I would love to have a conversation with you and talk about the message that I can bring to your staff. I want to come speak with your staff. I want to work with your student leaders. I want to help you set your school year up for success. If I'm doing my job right, you're going to be getting text messages while I'm speaking. People saying, thank you so much for bringing Darren to our school. My job is to make you look good, and I want to help you do that. So reach out. All the information you need to contact me is in the show notes. I look forward to working with you and getting your school on the road to awesome this fall. Enjoy this conversation with Dan Wolf, and folks, I will see you on the other side. All right, Dan, thank you so much for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Man, I'm fired up for this conversation. I, I hope things are going well for you down there in Florida. I know you guys are done with school, so it's got to be feeling good, right? Oh, it's, it's yeah, and we're getting ready for the 22-23 school year already. Uh, actually, summer school starts next week, so uh, we, we still are hitting the ground running, but uh, very happy to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's no rest in public education. You know, people think, you know, there's there's that old, um, I guess, you know, this old belief that you know when when summer comes, teachers are just off and they're out having fun and hanging out at the beach or whatever. But you know, they're usually doing professional development and they're continuing to sharpen their skills. And many of them, like you, are involved with summer school. Uh, that's that's another thing that just that's just a part of the calendar at this point in time, right? Are are, are you guys uh, having a lot of kids involved in summer school? Is it a small group? What are you looking at? Um, right now, because we're a Title One school uh, where I'm at right now, so um, one of the things our state has a uh, mandatory uh, retention law in place for third grade reading. So if they score a level one on our state test, um, unless they uh, get promoted through good cause there they would be retained if they didn't attend summer school so we have one class of that and then being title one we're able to choose two other we had two other allocations we're able to go ahead and um, have a focus area on math in fourth grade and then also in third grade Um, so just uh, trying to get them ready for the upcoming school year 
It sounds awesome, man. I appreciate that. So, so for, for the listeners out there who don't know Dan Wolf, first I got to say, come on, where you been? You really need to know Dan Wolf. And, uh, I'm going to give Dan a chance to tell you who Dan Wolf is. So elevator pitch, man. Who, who is Dan Wolf? Where are you coming from? What are you doing? What are you working on? That kind of thing. Sure. Um, so I have been an educator for more than 20 years. I've held various roles here in Pasco County, Florida, um, have been a, a K-5 classroom teacher, a math uh, instructional coach, uh, school-based, also a math district curriculum specialist um, for K-12, uh, where I supported 18 Title I schools. Uh, we had regional teams, so I was a part of that with um, an area superintendent, um, also like a language arts specialist, different things like that. And we'd go in to go ahead and support. Um, and with that, it was all about relationships. And that was just... Um, my area superintendent, um, he just uh, believed in that servant leadership mindset and it just stuck with our team. And we just embraced those 18 schools, all title one, all different needs. Um, but we were one big family. And then from there, I've been an assistant principal and that's currently what my uh, role is now. Um, I uh, just recently left one school to start at another um, because they were needing me for my background in uh, social emotional learning and then also my uh, veteran leadership as an administrator. And uh, um, most recently, I also got into uh, the Preparing New Principals program within our county because uh, that's going to be the next step for me um, when all, all, the, all the signs align, so to speak. So, so I, I find that, well, I find all of that interesting, but, but I really find the, the Preparing New Principals program interesting. You know, you, you had texted me a couple of weeks ago and, and let me know that, you know, this was, this was something that was happening and, and obviously I'm excited for you. I think every state, uh, sometimes it's even down to like the district level that looks at how do I prepare leaders for the next step very differently. Some are complete hands off, go to your university program or get into an AP role and work your way up. What, without going into a lot of detail, what does that preparing uh, principals program look like? in your county or is it something that they do consistently across the state of Florida? Well, it's definitely within our county, but it's aligned with the the, the state leadership goals and everything uh, within there. And the first, the first thing is you have to first uh, get accepted into the preparing new principles. So what I first had to go ahead and do was um, uh, write um, to a couple of the leadership standards that we have within our state and give examples of my leadership skills in those different areas because um, you have to at least be um, an assistant principal for a minimum of three years. Um, so once you pass this part and they, uh, you then go to the interview round where you actually have uh, three different, uh, several different phases within there. The first is a group task where you're uh, paired up with um, other uh, um, assistant principals from like, since I'm in elementary, it was a middle school and a high, a high school assistant principal we were given a task where we had to collaborate on that and problem solve and create a presentation probably in the span of, I'd say maybe 30 minutes and then present it in front of um, uh, a panel of elementary, middle and high school principals. And uh, so we had that as one part of the task. And then there was also our own individual presentation where we had to, and I had just, like I said earlier, I just had moved to another school. So my focus had to be on something for the 22-23 school year. So kind of felt like I was back in college because I had to cram real quick to get learn about <laughs> the history of the school I was currently at. Yeah. 
and be able to look at their data and everything and develop a plan. Um, and that's that was around uh, PBIS um, and focusing around those positive behavioral supports within uh, the school for the upcoming year. So I had that presentation and um, then they even uh, asked me questions about that and then just general leadership questions. And one that uh, stood out in my mind um, was, well, Dan, you've been an uh, assistant principal for about 11 years now. What? Why now? Why is it that you want to do this now? I said, well, people have always wanted me to. They'd always say, Dan, I, I would follow you anywhere when you have your own school or whatever else. And um, which I was always very flattered by. But like I told them, I said, it all came down to me and I had to be ready. And I am ready now um, based on what I've been able to experience and that, that's why I'm ready for that next uh, chapter in my, in my educational career. And then the last part they had, and this is, you know, as administrators, we get tons of emails. Um, so it was the email task where they gave us like 25 different emails of different varying tasks. And you had to basically rank in order of importance in a certain amount of time, which ones you would address first and then be able to go ahead and um, say what you would do to go ahead and problem solve as a brand new principal. So, uh, so all that was encompassed. And then uh, about a week or so later, I, I received the call that I made it into the program, which is like a year long program where I'll have my area superintendent, my principal, a mentor principal that will kind of hone uh, things in for my project that I'm working on for this year with the PBIS. And uh, we'll go from there and we'll see, uh, see what happens. Uh, it sounds like a really intensive program, which is good. Um, you know, I can tell you having been a first year principal myself at a point in time and actually been a first year superintendent at a point in time um, until you get into the role. It's, it's like, you know, you can say you're ready and then you got to go do it. And it sounds like at least in this particular case, um, your County and the state of Florida are making some really intentional steps to, to help you be as prepared as possible that, that first year. And again, I, I can, I can base that on, you know, the people that I coach, the, you know, the different principals out there that I'm coaching, but then also, most importantly, my own experience. Man, that first year as a principal, um, I was an assistant principal in the same building, and, and I moved down the hallway. Holy cow, man. It was 40 feet. It, could, it might as well have been 400 miles because the difference in the role and the responsibilities and even just the way people, like, addressed me or, you know, conversations with parents – were completely different. You know, as an AP, I felt like I got questioned all the time. And as right. a principal, it was like, oh, well, hey, the principal said this. So, okay, it's okay. You know, I mean, and not always, but but considerably more. This, there is a lot to taking that role, whether it's high school, elementary, or, or middle school. So mm -hmm. I think it's awesome that Florida is putting in the effort and your county is putting in the effort to invest in their, in their leaders because, man, I don't know what you guys are seeing, but I see it across the country that there's so much turnover in leadership and there's not a lot of people ready to backfill that. So investing in leaders is huge right now. Absolutely. And I, th I think with all the experiences that I've had, I'm able to look at it through the lens of whoever I'm supporting because having been a classroom teacher, having been an instructional coach, and then, you know, when I become a principal, having been an AP, I've been in all those different roles and I can look at it through their perspective. And that's something that I really have prided myself in as a leader. I actually, before I left um, um, my previous school to, to be at uh, my new school now, Sunray Elementary, um, I had one of the teachers give me a, a small little gift. Um, it was um, of a magnifying glass. 
and she had written a note to me and she said, Dan, this is because you never forgot to look at it through the lens of us as, as educators, as teachers. And that just meant the world to me. And um, I actually have it up on my cork board in my office to serve as a daily reminder to, to, cause um, you, you know, you don't ever want to forget where you came from. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. You know, the thing about, um, and, and I know uh, folks, by the way, this is in the, uh, in the show notes, but I know your Twitter handle is serve lead inspire. And I mean, that just hits it right on the nose right there. You know, as, as a servant leader, being that person that doesn't forget what it is that the folks we are we're charged with leading are going through. I, I, I got to ask, I'm, I'm curious about this because, you know, we're, I want to say we're coming out of this pandemic. I don't know if we really are or not. I, I sure hope so. Right. But as, you know, as, as I progress through, through my leadership career, I mean, there was always those times where somebody might say, you know, well, you don't know what it's like to be in the classroom. Well, yeah, I was in the classroom for 11 years, you know, or as a superintendent, you know, what was it like for you when you were a principal? Because I did that. I was an assistant principal. So like you, you know, living those different roles. Heck, I worked on the grounds crew. I was on the painting crew. I taught summer school as a summer school administrator. I even had to take over the, the food service for a week during the pandemic. Oh, but, wow. But anyway, okay. yeah, 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 I digress. Th- that's not the point. Um, the, the point and, and, and where I'm going with the question is this. I, I said to my leaders quite frequently during during the pandemic that – we have always been able to say that. We've always been able to say, hey, I was a classroom teacher, but I never taught through a pandemic. I don't have that that schema. I don't have that background knowledge. And the same thing was true as a principal. I was a superintendent during that time. I've never been a principal during that time. Did, did you find challenge in that, in, in finding ways to truly empathize with your teachers? Because you were never a teacher in a pandemic. You were an AP. What... What kind of challenges did you face there and how did you work to overcome that? Because clearly your teachers still felt like you didn't lose that lens. Well, that's um, and again, you had just mentioned about having that empathy and it's that empathy versus sympathy and um, being that empathetic leader, um, being an active listener. Sometimes I would just have them just talk with me and they, and say, just vent. I said, there's there's no judgment here. I just need to understand what it is you are going through and and i would even admit i haven't i have not been through a pandemic i said as a teacher you know i'm only going through it as an administrator help me understand what are the struggles what are the different things um you know and i i and i i would just basically tell them that i am on the front lines along with you i said i i will help you the best way possible i just need to know where you need me to be because I will stand right beside you and and be able to, um, you know, if it was technology issues, and again, uh, I've been in Title I schools my, my uh, whole life. So even just being able to get on the phone with the parents who couldn't connect at home and walking them through, and I mean, I am not the most techie person in the world, but I had to be. And I had to be out of my comfort zone, just like our teachers were, and be able to be vulnerable. And I mean, I think that's to me, that's where when you're vulnerable, you're authentic and you, you really and if I if I didn't know something, I would let them know. I, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And I was OK doing that because I, I you're not going to be the expert on everything. And um, I just tried to remember to continue to um, give them encouragement. 
positive messages, um, even during the, uh, the pandemic and everything. Um, I even started recording on Twitter. I had uh, daily positive messages from John Gordon's book and then even um, an attitude of gratitude. And it even, um, I posted it on Twitter, things like that, just to try to, you know, continue to, um, I guess they always say for leaders, we should try to be the light. So I tried to do that for, for my staff. And then what had happened is it even affected um, other, uh, my coworkers of other administrators that happened to follow me on Twitter or whatever. And they said, are you gonna continue to do this during the summer? and everything. And I said, absolutely. I said, if it's inspiring somebody that that's all that matters to me in regards to it. So I just think it's just, um, just continuing to evolve in that uh, support and just, uh, and ask them for, for that fee feedback. Cause it, um, administrators will ask for feedback, but then they don't necessarily want it. And, and um, I want people to be real with me because that's the only way that I know we can change. And I never like the saying that it's my school or anything. It's it's our school. No matter what it will be, even when I become a principal, they said, oh, when you have your own school. I said, no, 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 it's not gonna be my own school. It's gonna be our school together. It's, it's always gonna be that together feeling. I think that's one of the most important elements in leadership when when we make it about all of us as opposed to us as individuals. It, it's a huge difference. Um, I appreciate that you say that. Um, to be honest with you, I was never one who would refer to it as my school either. You know, it was always, no, this is our school. This is, you know, I'm just, I'm just the, the guy who's blessed to, to be able to, you know, to, to work with all of you, not even necessarily lead you, but work with all of you and, and be a part of that. So um, I, I think that's incredible that, that you say it that way. I appreciate that so much. So let, let's let's shift gears just a little bit. So you have you have a brand new book uh, that has just come out, um, a really exciting book too, by the way, folks. Uh, Becoming the Change: Five Essential Elements to Being Your Best Self. Um, honored and excited to say that it's Road to Awesome uh, that has published this book. But I mean, out outside of that, man, this is this is truly. A great book. You and I were talking about this before we hit record. That there's, I mean, there's just so many layers to this thing, and it's this is not your basic social emotional learning. Go do X, Y, and Z kind of book. In fact, it's not even it's not even focused like on here's how you go do this in your classroom. This is about me. This I read this book, and it's about me. It's about whomever the reader is being your own best self. It's, it's, it's not about what you go and do in the classroom. It's not this extra thing. So talk a little bit about like first, where, where did the inspiration from this for this book come from? Because again, it's, it's an incredible book. Well, well thank you very much. And, and then again, I appreciate Road to Awesome, um, you know, uh, all their support and everything along this whole whole journey and everything. It, it, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, so everything essentially a few years ago um, and within our county, we uh, wanted to have a focus on uh, social emotional learning. Or as you know, with education, we have a million acronyms. It's called SEL. Um, so uh, within that, um, I was on a district committee um, where we were creating standards K-12. Uh, around uh, the five, uh, those five elements or competencies of self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. And um, I was just going ahead and I was sitting in there um, 
you know, in, in one of the meetings as we were problem solving some of the things and what kind of had kind of come to my mind was uh, I'm a big quote person. And again, um, you'll definitely see that throughout the book. Um, definitely. You know, you can never have too many quotes, um, but, you know, and one never. of them. Right. And, and, and one of them was dealing uh, with uh, uh, Michelle Obama. Um, that she had said uh, something that I've learned that as long as I hold fast to my beliefs and values and follow my own moral compass, then the only expectations I need to live up to are my own. And when I saw that that same morning and I was in this meeting, it just connected with those five areas. I thought of a compass, the visual of that um, self-awareness at the epicenter of that compass, and then the four cardinal directions of, um, you know, those other uh, areas. And, and then, even um, within that, I decided, I said, well, how can I best uh, try to, you know, inspire others? Well, I decided to do a daily blog. Um, uh, it was also called Our Moral Compass within there, where I take a famous quote. I analyze it based on what it means to me um, and then relate it to one of the five areas or our uh, the moral compass. And what's great about that is what it means to us today could mean something totally different for us five years from now, 10 years from now, because we've continued to evolve and everything. And then um, from there, uh, it led into um, a podcast where I just recorded my my um, writings and everything just for the audience, whoever would listen. Again, um, as long as it inspired somebody, that's all that mattered. And then the pandemic hit. And then I said, well, I said, it looks like I have some more time on my hands, you know, when I'm not not uh, engaged in school and everything. So I said, I think I'd love, love to put together a book. And so I was able to go ahead and um, put together this book, which eventually um, became Becoming the Change um, within there. And that's like when you think of a butterfly, a butterfly goes from a caterpillar and it's the evolution into that butterfly. And that's what we all are as human beings. We're a work in progress. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing based on our experiences. So um, I decided to come up with a uh, self-assessment that analyzed within the five areas uh, uh, and elements. And we're um, able to then, based on that, uh, have chapters around each of those elements. And um, within that, I was able to incorporate uh, compass checks throughout, which are were um, just some of the writings that I had done within my blogs and things that related to those areas. Um, and it always is getting the reader to think throughout how it relates to themselves. And at the end of each chapter, if you remember those uh, choose your own adventure books from the 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, mm -hmm. um, where you, you chose one way it was going to be a dragon and another way it was going to you know, save the princess or whatever else it might be. Well, there's no dragons in my book or anything like that. But, but this would go ahead and let uh, lets the reader. It's it's their life. It's their own road. Um, it's their own pathway, and they get to choose what best fits their needs. So, if they, based on um, the results, they let's say they're really strong in self awareness and they want to continue to grow in that area, they could choose that pathway. And when they finish reading that, they can say, okay, I didn't do well in responsible decision-making at this point in my life. So I want to help, need help in that area or some guidance. And then you could choose that and you can choose whatever kind of pathway within it. And the nice thing about it is um, where you are now, um, you will be in a different spot five, 10 years from now. And you could go ahead and take that assessment as many times as you want, because you're always constantly evolving, growing and changing. And uh, that's what I, I hope from this book um, is for us to be, as Gandhi had said, be the change you wish to see in the world. 
and and that's what I want within within ourselves. So I found it interesting that th- th- again, there's so many great pieces in this book, but you talk about the self assessment, and folks, when you get this book in your hand, you'll notice in Appendix One, Dan included his own. I mean, he took the self-assessment. So you have given your scores. You're being extremely vulnerable and sharing this. And and folks, it's it's a five-point must scale. And it's not like Dan's got a bunch of fives. He doesn't. I, I, there's just a handful of, of fives that are in there. So being really honest, being really vulnerable with with sharing that. What what are you hoping with this book? Now, now that it's out there, now that it's you know it's in the hands of people, and, and people are listening to this, and I hope like crazy they're they're running to Amazon and, and ordering this book because they need this thing in their hands. This to me, this is like the marriage of of social emotional learning and self care. You know the, these these two terms that we've used really really heavily, but it, it just turns turns it internally and just lets you reflect uh, you know on on those five areas. So what is it that you hope your your readers are are getting from this or gaining from this book. Well, I, I really hope first and foremost that they they realize um, that our our greatest wealth is our own mental health. And again, in order for us to, we use that um, the oxygen mask example many times in education about making sure you when you know you're on the airplane or whatever, you make sure you put you you, you want to help others, but you got to help yourself first and put that oxygen mask on yourself before you can help others. And and that's really what I want um, for, for uh, the readers to be able to take away from this book is to be able to um, um, be able to use the strategies and different things that are within it to, to be their best self, um, whether they're a leader of a school. And um, they again, all five of these um, elements connect to one another. Um, they, they all and sometimes you're going to lean on uh, you, you might be leaning on responsible decision making more than you are self-management or whatever. It just depends on the situations, because, again, the situation will always be the situation. But it's what the only person you can control is yourself. So it's it's be, and it's not even just for uh, the workplace. It's for home. You, you, you want to be that you want to be that consistency at home as well. Be present and in the moment. Be, be you know socially aware of your of your family and when they need you and you, you know their you know your love and support it, it's all those different facets rolled into one um, that that's what I hope that they get out of that and they can refer to it as many times throughout their lives and again because we're, we're always learning we're always growing even when you change roles from like I'm going from an AP to a principal, when I take this as a principal, my answers could be totally different based on the experiences that I'm currently, that I would be currently going through. So, so take me into, I know right now it's the summertime and you'll go into summer school, but take me into, there's no such thing as an average day for an administrator, but take me into an average day and utilizing these, these five areas, what are you doing as a leader with with these five areas how do you leverage them to support those people you're leading those those incredible teachers and secretaries and cafeteria workers and bus drivers and of course those amazing kids that you get to work with each and every day what what are you doing to to utilize those and leverage those well i i think you know especially with that with it being like the heart of the servant uh, being a servant leader i think out of 
out of the five and probably the one as a society I think we need to focus on the most in my my uh, humble opinion is uh, social awareness and being able to look at it through the lens of others and empathize with them and and that's the one I, that's the one I lead with first um, because um, one th- another uh, saying that I live by um, it, it's a poor frog who doesn't praise its own pond um, one of my professors has said that and it's kind of stuck with me and it's letting people know that they're appreciated um, writing notes specifically, you know, whatever they've done. And it's not even just for the teachers. It's for uh, food and nutrition. It's for our custodial staff. Um, titles are just titles. It's what you do behind the titles um, that matters most because everybody, everybody's um, a human being. They're a person. And, and and that's how they need to be treated as such in regards. So I, I lead with that, you know, first and foremost. And, and um the others uh, fall into place uh, depending on, you know, making the best decisions to support um, my, my staff, um, how I could be their, their, the best leader. And I mean, I really had to lean on these five areas um, going through the, the pandemic. And, and, that's, and that's the thing with it. Um, these, five, these five elements are within all of us. They've always been there. This is just bringing it to light. And, and I think within each of those areas, just even... Um, you know, self-aware, being self-aware of where you fit into the scheme of things within your school. You know, I mean, yes, I'm the assistant principal, but I'm one small piece uh, of this puzzle and all the pieces need to connect together. And I need to see how to best unite that to be able to um, pandemic or not help lead that charge um, and, um, and be there for them. And that's including our students and everything, because I tell our students all the time, you know, um, my job is to keep you safe and your job is to help keep it safe. And, it, and it's, it's that commitment. It's and, and in everything I do, I feel like those five elements are interwoven into um, uh, into my core, I think is the best. And I'm always reminded of that, you know, just um on a daily basis. And I, and I just, I try to reflect. And as a leader, you have to reflect how did I, well, I didn't do a great job with, um, uh, you know, self-management this day in this situation or whatever, what could I do differently to go ahead and improve in that? And it's just being mindful and, um, realizing, you know, uh, perfection is a myth. You're never going to have it. So that should take the pressure off right away. And that's why I try to tell the teachers too, because I know that they're perfectionists at heart too. That's just, that's just who they are you know, so. Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. Yeah, that's, that. that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, you know, in our profession is, uh, you know, number one, we always want to pour into somebody else. And number two, we always want things to be perfect. Um, I, I was on a call with a client yesterday. And I remember telling her that, um, you know, you're going to make 10,000 decisions a day as a school leader. And you might make three not so good decisions. Don't beat yourself up over three that don't go well when you did 9,997 really well. Focus on the good. We really struggle with that. And, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about, you know, focusing now on PBIS in this new school that you're in. And you and I were were talking about this before before we came on and, and hit the record button. But it really comes back to what it is that we're looking for, right? I mean, if if we're going to focus on those couple of things that didn't go right, whether it's us or one of our students or one of our own children or, 
cars and traffic or whatever, right. you can always find negatives. But you know, you got to pour yourself really into those positives, right? And and mm-hmm. f- look for the great things that are happening around you. Because I'm sure the school you're in, yeah, they brought you there. Hey, let's turn some things around. But I'll bet you there's a lot of really good things happening there, right? Absolutely. And I mean, and that's, um, you know, where you need to celebrate. You need to celebrate those wins. And, you know, um, I, I've always been a, a, a person that's uh, lived my life as half glass full. That's just how I am in regards to it. And then just seeing what those positives, I mean, even when I was in the classroom and my kids would, you know, if, they, if one of the kids was upset because they missed a certain amount of uh, questions on an assignment, I said, but look at how many you got right. I said, you didn't know that beforehand. So it's just trying, and then that's what I want to be able to do with uh, the new school I'm at too, is finding those positives. And then, like I like I told them uh, today in one of our meetings, um, uh, intentional planning leads to intentional student outcomes. Whatever we lay down a- ahead of us is going to, uh, we're gonna, the, our students will be reaping those rewards uh, years down the line. And, and that we just have to always be mindful of that things are not always gonna, our best laid plans are not always gonna go the way we, we may have wanted to, but then we learn from it. We go ahead and readjust. It's much like, um, that's why like Bill Belichick and them have 20 plays, um, 20 offensive plays to start off a game to see what works, what doesn't. As educators, we need to have that same kind of mindset. We're gonna have 20 different educational plays of what we're gonna be able to go ahead and do and see what what things are working and what the and we just adjust and 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 that's just how we that's how we grow um because again we're expecting a lot of these same things out of our kids you know to be vulnerable and things like that but we need to uh to listen to ourselves more and take uh take that advice for what it's worth you know for what when we're doing things for them Man, you could have gone anybody but Belichick, man. I tell you what, hey, I know well, this is I, not I a sports a podcast, podcast but come on. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, yes, I don't know okay, if I saved so, myself there. So, <laughs> man, all right, okay. And and I did not know you were a Bronco fan. And I didn't ask you or pay you to say that, but of course, no, I am yeah, a huge yeah. Bronco fan. And uh, yes. yeah, but but Belichick's probably the right example there. He really yeah. is. Um, I I want to come back to something you just said, and and folks. Every episode, every episode, we have guests dropping incredible leadership gold nuggets. Dan just dropped one. If you didn't pick it up, holy cow, hit record or actually just listen to what I'm going to say because I'm going to say it again for him. Intentional planning leads to intentional student outcomes. Bam. That is huge right there. Intentional planning leads to intentional student outcomes. How long has it taken for you because that just rolled off your tongue like like it was nothing. So it's clearly something that is part of your vernacular that your teachers are used to hearing. How long did it take you to be comfortable with with something like that? How, how do you, how do you get to that point? Because that that's a that's like that's like a master class right there in in school leadership. Definitely a lot of trial and error too. I I found out what didn't work, and then you know just um, just. I think really just through through various experiences and just knowing when a change needed to happen and, and it could be in any school, but I know definitely within the Title One schools, any of those that I've been at, it's always that felt need to be able to um, be proactive versus being reactive. And that's, that's where actually that intentional uh, planning came from is, you know, when you're proactive with your thinking, you are, you know, you've got to be thinking six months ahead. 
of wh where you want to be. Where do you see yourselves? What's the benchmarks going to be of, um, you know, to, to show you're on the right path of whatever you're trying to change, whether it's um, improving school culture or it's, um, uh, you know, test scores or whatever it might be. Um, and, and it's just, and it's, and with that intentional planning, it's, it's not a, a one person show. It is a team effort there. When I, when I refer to it as intentional planning, it's not just my planning. It's our, our, our entire school's planning, all of us from teachers, instructional assistants, office staff, they're, they're all part of that, that, that schema. Um, to to uh, helping our give the type of education that we want our kids to have, and I, I it's just it's been through all the different experiences, been through um, the people that have mentored me. I mentioned the area superintendent that I had before, um, and he just laid a lot of those foundations within the 18 schools. We had 18 Title One schools, but there were 18 different Title One. There's no Title One schools that's exactly the same. And it, we had to adapt and adjust and being able to go ahead and try this. Uh, that didn't work. And um, and some of the schools were, were in that we supported were in trouble. Uh, I say trouble in quotes with the state, you know, as far as because of test grades and things. So we yeah. really had to be intentional with that planning. We really had to, you know, put that seatbelt on tight and, and, and strap ourselves in to make sure because it was going to be a bumpy ride to get us to where we needed to go. But again, it's just through um, time and effort and, and the experiences. And um, you, you have that much more uh, support and uh, from uh, the people you work alongside with when they know uh, your intentionality is there and you, you have a vision. I love it. That, that's extremely, extremely well said. There were some more gold nuggets in there too, folks. So again, you missed them. Hit rewind. Um, so Dan, last question. Same last question for everybody on the podcast. This is the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Man, outside of all the incredible stuff you've already put out there, how are you leaning into leadership right now? Well, I, I think I think for me and I, I think with the Leaning Into Leadership, I'm actually also also embracing it, embracing the type of leader that I, I'm um, that I'm becoming. Um, I'm still a work in progress, but I feel like I'm embracing my destiny at the same time. Um, you know, uh, I'm continuing to hone my skills um, by living my mantra of serving, leading, and inspiring. Uh, serve, lead, and inspire, and um, and that's through the, uh, the, the content I'm able to go ahead and produce um, out there with my blog and podcast. But then even what I'm able to do alongside alongside my teachers and um, learning right along with them, attending trainings that they're uh, attending this summer, being that active learner. It's not like I, you know, we set up the trainings and we go away and plan for something else. We're right there next to them every step of the way because they see if they see my commitment, they're going to be that much more committed to the process because it's all, it's all one team. And it's just trying to embody those five essential elements that are within my book each and every day. Um, you know, that, that, that's how I'm embracing um, the leadership. And just as we're evolving as human beings, uh, I'm a, still evolving as a leader. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm still not done yet. I still got a lot to do. I love it, man. This, this was a great conversation. Dan, I appreciate so much having you here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. 
Um, again, folks, the book is out. You don't want to miss this thing, Becoming the Change, Five Essential Elements to Being Your Best Self. Grab it on Amazon. Dan, thank you so much for being on the podcast, buddy. It was great to see you. Thank you for the conversation. All right. Thanks so much, Darren. Take care. Man, that was just a fantastic conversation. Um, two things really that stand out to me that Dan talked about there. Early in the interview, he talked about that leadership is what you do behind the title, that it's really not about whatever title you might carry, but that anybody really has the opportunity to lead regardless the position that they hold. And I really appreciate that. I think that's something we tend to lose sight of sometimes in both directions. One, people maybe don't feel that they can lead because they don't have a title. And then sometimes people who have a title fail to lead. Simply because they think they have a title, people are going to do what they tell them to do or that they get to decide all of these different things. When in reality, leadership is about bringing people together. It's about supporting people and about moving towards that common good. I really appreciated that piece. The other thing that Dan talked about, and this one just blew me away. Um, I ended up sharing this one the very night that we did this interview on Twitter. He said, intentional planning leads to intentional student outcomes. You know, the work that I do with leadership teams, the high-performance leadership work, is all about gaining that leadership clarity. And I really appreciated how Dan hit this here. If we are really intentional about the planning, about the efforts that we put into stuff in advance, that leads to those intentional outcomes. When we're not intentional, when we don't have that extreme clarity we need, that's when we tend to run into problems. That's when we get our ourselves partway down through the school year and we look back and we're like, man, why are we not progressing the way we want to progress? Well, here's why. Because we failed to be intentional from the beginning. I love that, that phrase. Again, I think it's so important. I'm going to say it one more time. Intentional planning leads to intentional student outcomes. Thank you, Dan Wolf, for being on the Leading into Leadership podcast. And now it's time for a pep talk. So earlier this week, I dropped a blog post. And in that particular blog post, I talked about the adult bully. You know, this has become such a prevalent part of our society. And I don't have the ability to change it. None of us really do. But all we can do is focus on our individual self. I think this is really timely, especially with Dan's book, Becoming the Change, Five Essential Elements to Being Your Best Self. We can only focus on what we can control, and that's our self. So my challenge for you this week is to just simply do that. Let go of the things you can't control and focus on the things you can, which is yourself, your positive outlook on life, and your ability to make a difference in the life of others. I hope you have a road to awesome week. Thank you for tuning in to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.